common sense. It's not so common anymore. That's why we need Scott Inez more than ever. It's time for Inez Says. I welcome you to the Inez Says Podcast. I'm Scott Inez. You can find the podcast most everywhere you get your pods, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find it right there in the WDBO app, WDBO.com. And check me out on the radio. I invite you to join me every weekday morning for Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. Right there on WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580. Outside of Orlando, stream us there in the WDBO app. Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former Governor of Florida Congressman Charlie Crist, they went at it in their only gubernatorial debate last night in Fort Pierce. What did I think of the debate? Well, look, I mean, full disclosure, look, I'm a DeSantis guy, man. I love this dude, what this man has done for the state of Florida. I love how he is a fighter. He is a fighter in the culture wars. He is a fighter for the working people of Florida. He's a fighter during the pandemic. The man fights for freedom for Floridians. We desperately need that today. I know I'm not alone in those thoughts, but this is the most popular governor in the nation and the most popular governor in the state of Florida in a long, long time. So again, that's full disclosure here. I am a DeSantis guy. I'm not a Christ guy. That dude creeps me out, quite frankly. Charlie Chris puts his thumb up in the air to see which way the political winds are blowing, and that's where he goes. He's a Republican. He's a Democrat. He's a Republican. He's a Democrat. Charlie's just a little too smooth for my liking. Nonetheless, nonetheless, as for the debate in Fort Pierce on Monday night, I think Charlie Chris did what he needed to do knowing what we all know of what's going on in the polls. He trails in the polls by double digits at this point here in the state of Florida with two weeks to go till midterm day. So on Monday night, he came out punching. He wanted to turn the conversation to abortion right away. Chris was the aggressor, no question about it, and he needed to be. Now, the Chris camp will tell you that he won the debate. I got plenty of emails this morning telling me such. On the other hand, the DeSantis camp is going to tell you their guy won it. I got emails saying that as well. Let's tell it like it is. With a lead like Ron DeSantis has, all the governor needed to do was keep the train on the tracks. All he needed to do was hit it right down the middle, and he did exactly that. Chris hit him with everything he had, and as usual, the governor took the haymakers and actually delivered some of his own that we'll hear coming up. But the two sparred on critical race theory, on the economy, the COVID response, the response to Hurricane Ian, abortion, etc., All in all, Charlie Crist needed to move mountains in this debate if he was going to attempt to cut into what the polls say is a double-digit lead. So many of these debates and people's reaction to them is partisan. There's no question about that. But as we have seen in presidential elections, it's all about those independents who are on the fence. There are plenty here in Florida. Will that debate move the needle any with independents out there who may not have made up their minds about either DeSantis or Christ two weeks out? No, no, that debate did not. And I think Aubrey Jewett has the same feelings. I had an opportunity to chat with UCF political science professor Aubrey Jewett about the debate last night 
in Fort Pierce. Aubrey, what the strategy was for both men last night, I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, for Charlie Crist, it was attack, attack, attack. He's down in the polls. He knows it. And for the governor, it was all about trying to keep the train on the tracks. Generally, is is that what you saw last night, Aubrey? Yeah, I do think that's a pretty good summary. With um, Charlie Crist, he, he knew he had to come out swinging, rhetorically speaking, <laughs> and he did. So he tried to attack as, as often as he could, and particularly on the issues that he thought he had an advantage on, like abortion, like on uh, would you stay for four years and serve a full term, things like that. Whereas, uh, of course, Governor DeSantis was um, probably on his strongest ground when he talked about reopening the state, the strength of the economy, keeping schools open, things that he knows that uh, the majority of Floridians like about him and some of the policies that he's done. It was evident early, Aubrey, that the Chris strategy was to attempt to pivot the conversation toward abortion. I think he did that in like the first minute of the debate last night. But in the polls, you know, we've seen that the abortion topic is being kind of overwhelmed by the economy right now. What did you make of that strategy, especially early by Congressman Christ? Yeah, it was interesting because they, the, the format of the debate, usually they let people have an opening statement, but te- mm. technically they didn't this time. They went right into a question, but Chris used it as an opening statement anyway and brought up <laughs> abortion right at the outset and then brought it up at least several more times. You know, and this is an example of an issue where Charlie Chris knows that the majority of Floridians, according to polls for some time, many years, do support a woman's right to choose. But it's not the most important issue to many voters. You know, as you just pointed out, maybe five, 10 percent of voters, maybe that's their that's their biggest issue. That's what's going to make decide, make or break their vote. You know, for most other voters, it's it's an issue that they care about on one level, but it's not going to drive their vote. So he, he tried to change that narrative. He tried to bring it up a lot and maybe by talking about it more and making people feel more uh, worried that they might lose their right to abortion. Maybe he gets more people to care about it. You know, that, I'm sure that was part of the strategy by bringing it up so often. Mm-hmm. Well, the viral moment, if you will, that's getting a lot of play this morning in the media is where Chris tried to corner the governor and DeSantis eventually shot back. Here, Here's that exchange, Aubrey. Listen in here. You're running for governor. Why don't you look in the eyes of the people of the state of Florida and say to them, if you're reelected, you will serve a full four-year term as governor. Yes or no? It's a fair question. He won't tell you. Governor, it's your turn. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Crist. The worn out old donkey. So that is a soundbite, Aubrey, that's getting a lot of play this morning. What did you make of that exchange there? On one level, I thought that the emphasis on Chris, you know, by Christ to focus in on will Governor DeSantis serve a term. I mean, that clearly made Governor DeSantis a little uncomfortable. You know, he, that was one time where he looked a little off his game, you know, just by the look and expression on his face. But, um, you know, Governor DeSantis has been in uh, – uh, one thing we know about Governor DeSantis is he always attacks, right? He doesn't play defense. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he had a he had a line to come back, you know, against Chris. So – uh, again, is that going to hurt him too much? Probably not. I, I do think um, it's probably a, not a very well-kept secret that 
Governor DeSantis thinks he might want to run for president and probably sooner rather than later, but I'm not sure that that's disqualifying. In fact, you know, we've seen a number of governors over the years in other states, they actually will say, yeah, I intend to serve four years or something like that. And and then after they get reelected, they'll do a tour around the state and say, well, the voters have released me from my promise. So DeSantis just has avoided that so far by not not going there. Well, Real Clear Politics had Ron DeSantis up by 10 I think it was FAU had him up by 11. Mason Dixon poll had him up by 11 going into this debate. We've gotten to the point, Aubrey, where the bigger elections are decided by the independent voter, right? So do you think that that voter who may have been on the fence, do you think that that voter after last night's debate was swayed either way by this debate? Probably not much. Um, You know, both sides kept to the talking points, by and large, that they have used throughout the campaign over the last six or eight weeks. So I don't know that most, really many undecided voters are going to be swayed strongly one way or the other. Um, You know, I I guess maybe a little bit for Chris in the sense that he was able to... um, get DeSantis looking a little uncomfortable here and there, whereas normally it, uh, that almost never happens because DeSantis has been just a master at, uh, you know, controlling um, his message and controlling the, sort of the swing of things. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's probably going to change too much. And, you know, and there was another poll out today that was just about Hispanics mm. and that in Florida, Hispanics may be breaking, a majority may be breaking for DeSantis. And if that is true, that that's really, you know, sort of like the nail in the coffin for the election, for sure. And in fact, also, perhaps in the future, over the next few elections, that re- Republicans really will be turning the state more red. That's interesting. You mentioned that Hispanics going for Governor Ron DeSantis. And it's a trend, Aubrey, that we're seeing across the nation with Hispanics going red. Does that surprise you any? Well, you know, a little. In Florida, maybe it's not quite as big as a surprise because we have a long history, particularly of Cuban Republicans, mm-hmm. excuse me, of Cubans being Republicans, mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact is, a lot of non-Cuban Republicans are now beginning to at least think about voting Republican or identifying with some of the Republican candidates. And, and that's been a, a bit of a surprise because you, you go back six, eight, ten years, the conventional wisdom in political science and just from media and pol- policy analysts was that, you know, Democrats were a very loyal uh, voting group for, for Democrats and that um, they probably would, as their population increased, give Democrats an edge in many elections across the country. And that's just not turned out to be the case, you know, basically because of the econom- economy, uh, socialism and that sort of thing that the Republicans have um, been able to paint Democrats pretty effectively. And then on some social issues, Hispanics typically have been more conservative on social issues. Just in the past, some civil rights issues, feeling like maybe they weren't being treated equally, and economic issues kept them more democratic. But that does seem to be changing. Thanks to UCF political science professor Aubrey Jewett for being on the Inez Says podcast today. That's going to wrap it up for the podcast. Join me on the radio every single weekday morning for Endo's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time.